Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. It is Monday morning, and Debo and I are getting just circles run around us in the workout category. Raja's yeah. got his trainer going. Yeah. Hannah's already. Not, not like Hannah, Hannah, though. She's doing two-a-days. <laughs> two-a-days. What is going on with you, you guys, people? guys, this is day one of my two-a-days attempt, and, and my morning workout is weak. I just do it for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, but that's better than just You just got to get the blood flowing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear Gotta you. wake up. That's what So you for. actually get up. Get a workout in solely for the purpose of getting your blood flowing, knowing you have to do another workout later in the day. Well, it's solely for, it's just like, it's like cardio. Like it's like straight cardio for like 20, like 15, 20 minutes. Just so then my metabolism is moving a little bit faster. (laughs) I'll have to pick it up. Debo, he doesn't even talk about work. I don't think he has to. I think he's just, he's just on that chill mode, right? That's what you got going on. All right. We got a huge week, huge week stuff. We got the draft starting on Thursday. We're going to cover it right here at CBS Sports HQ. Uh, We'll do all the picks there. I'll be on that coverage. We got the NBA uh, playoffs are in full force and NHL as always. We're going to cover that uh, in depth as always. Yeah, for sure. But to start off, let's get to what we learned. All right. Here's what we learned. We learned that you can't count out LeBron and the Cavs just yet. As they were in Indiana last night, close game. They looked like they couldn't. They were up 16 at one point, I believe. Could not finish it out. Yeah. Back and forth towards the end. Indiana, with four minutes to go, had the lead and then lost it. And Kyle Korver comes back, hit some threes. I think the Indiana still wins this series. I don't think I feel any differently than I did uh, before going in this weekend. So then you didn't learn anything. <laughs> you've learned nothing. So you're saying I wouldn't know. You're saying I'm just flat out wrong. Yeah, so you're you're right, no, yeah. Right. I, I, do you feel any differently? Like, or do you feel more confident? I feel differently about the Cavs as a threat to get out of the East. Um, but that's but, the same way you felt before the series, or after uh, after game two. game two. But I, 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 I expect that the Cavs will figure out a way to gut this out. Like LeBron, he's mortal. All right, let's I, in his 15th season, like mortality is setting in. He's still. Quite possibly the best player on the planet, but he looks tired. You know, down the stretch, he looks fatigued. And that, that, that didn't, that wasn't the case with some of those teams earlier in his career. And they didn't have much. And I want to be clear. He has got no help. He's got no help. Embarrassingly bad. He's got no help. Um, from, from a, from like a teammate perspective, and I'm going to put some of the blame on T. Lou. They're not running anything. Like the sets that they're running, the, the, one, two sets that they'll run towards the end of the game to try to get Kyle Korver a shot. So they put, they put a nice sequence of two plays together where they ran, they ran Kevin Love up into a screen and roll with LeBron and he slipped out, went opposite to pin away for Kyle Korver. So Kevin Love's man isn't engaged anymore. It'll spring Kyle Korver for a wide open three. Good, good play. Now you got everybody looking at Kyle Korver. They double screen away with, with, for Kyle Korver, taking two of the bigs out of the play, leaving LeBron in an ISO with Bogdanovich. Nice play. Single side. Uh, no one can help on that. Everyone's focused on Kyle Korver. But generally speaking, through the flow of a game, they're not running enough continuity offense. There's not enough stuff going on. So everyone is loading to the ball, which means LeBron's got it at the top of the key. And if I'm defending and you're defending and Hannah and Debo are defending other people, we're just locked in, all eyes on LeBron. It's impossible for him to go to work 
against that at this age, having to do all the lifting himself. So he just needs help. When he gets help from one other player, first half it was Jordan Clarkson and, and J.R. Smith a little bit. They were, they were comfortable. Then it falls apart, and here comes Indiana. LeBron can't do it all. He's settling for long jump shots. And then down the stretch, Kyle Korver gives him some supplemental help, starts knocking down a few threes. Give that man, like, knock, knock, who's there? Like, help. Right. Help, right. help LeBron. Somebody help LeBron. So is it on – because I'm with you. I think that everybody's watching that game saying, man, LeBron looks gassed. He played 46 minutes. Is it up to Ty Lue also to, to pick some spots where you can get his legs back just for a they, couple they minutes? Or is it impossible because they, cannot afford they to. lose the lead? They, they cannot they, afford they, to. Ten, ten no runs put on him. Correct. They take LeBron off the floor in that game. Um, and it reminds me of, like, my third and fifth grade teams where, like, one kid, that one kid who can handle the ball is so important and you can't get him off the floor. It's what it looks like when those guys are playing. And – you know, again, this is Ty Lue. If you had some continuity offense where guys felt comfortable in running through their stuff, and maybe this is partly on LeBron's shoulders too because he's so ball dominant, you don't have any sets that you can run. So giving a lesser player the ball like you give to LeBron and expecting him to keep the ship afloat, it's unrealistic. No one can do it like LeBron. So you're screwed either way. How much do you think it has to do some of that continuity with the fact that they just, you know, they've only been playing together since two games before the All-Star break? I mean, or should they be expected by now with the body of work that they've had to be better offensively? I think that you could make a case for them not knowing the ins and outs of your offense, right? Not the int- like the, the, the little nuances uh, of your offense, um, but putting them in offense that they, kn- that they can operate in should have been like one of the first things you did. They should, they should have a, they should be able to run something. They're not running much. Um, and, you know, again, I don't mean to make it all about offense because Indiana is simply like, playing with a little bit of pace, spreading them out. And I haven't seen one person on the Cavs team that can control the ball at the point of attack. And it's it's either I get all the way to the rim and get a dunk or a layup, or it sucks everybody else in defensively, and they're just cashing out from the three-point line. It's embarrassing. Here's why I still like Indiana. First game we saw the uh, Cavs' best player, LeBron, didn't have his best game. They get blown out, right? They only put up 80 points. Yeah. Last night we saw Victor Oladipo. He was only uh, 5 of 20 from the field. He had his worst game, and they still had a chance to win yeah. at the end of the game. So I And you know what else they have? The Pacers, they got kryptonite oh, for LeBron. Lance Stevenson. Kryptonite. Because my man gets in everybody's head. Yeah. I mean, he was all over the place. Only, what do you, I think he only played 25 minutes, but it seems like he's an, a factor – in the most annoying way, like if you're on the Cavs, you just want to punch him in the face. Like yes. if you're Ty Lue before every game, or LeBron, whoever, you know, the leadership role, that has to be like, man, you guys cannot let him get in your head. You cannot do anything. Don't react. Don't do it. Don't do it. And it's yet, it's almost impossible because he's constantly there. I mean, like the, the, the reel of flops, he's challenging you. Yeah. Like I mean, he's challenging he, yes. you for the flops of the best flopper of all time, right? He, he's a really good <laughs> flopper. And I appreciate No, what, he's not because it's so bad. I know. It's so but obvious. It, like, you got to sell it a little bit better. But dude, he is, he is such a, uh, you know, but the thing is, he can play. You know, that's the thing. Like, if you're just out there running around flopping and you can't play, that's one thing, but he can play. Like, he put the ball in the bucket. He made some tough shots. Um, I would almost, if I were the Cavs, I wouldn't even talk about him. You know what I mean? Because like talking him up to the media, to the media or to my team, really? like I wouldn't even I'd be like, listen, you, you know, he's going to do what he does. Like, let's not even, I would downplay him to the point where nobody ever, he wasn't on anyone's mind. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. that, if you're talking about him in your locker, I think you give him what he wants. He, I mean, your locker room, he's, he's on your mind to that degree. Um, I thought the play, you know, it was interesting because LeBron had picked up the tech and this is, you know, the, the refing I thought was all right in that game. I did. I, because I thought they diffused some situations. That late situation, 
with uh, Jeff Green, and I was listening this morning on my way in, and people were all livid about you go with the first call, and they said, "Listen, it's clearly, you know, him trying to trying to elicit some response. He put the cat in a headlock, rolled over him. The LeBron situation where he got the jump ball and then locked LeBron up yeah, and up. tried to. LeBron's already got a tech. You don't let the ref. You don't want to decide that game. Not in a playoff situation. Not two one with the the Cavs with the chance to tie the series up. Let everyone's game speak for themselves, and I thought they did a good job of that. All right, what's huge for LeBron is he has two days rest now. He only had one. That's, I think, why he looked tired, too. Now he's got Monday and Tuesday before they play Wednesday. That'll help. Next up. What we learned. We learned that the Raptors, Wizards, and Celtics Bucks might go the distance. It's according to Debo over here. Yeah. He's got for what we learned. Do you agree or not? He's hoping for that. Um, Yeah, I thought that both of these could be tough series. (laughs) I got the Bucks winning, figuring out a way to close out the Celtics. I think the longer you get in that series – the more the absence of Kyrie and Gordon Hayward is going to going to bite the Celtics. Um, that that game, I do not think was ref very well. That was a damn wrestling. That was WWE. You know, I don't. That is a beef of mine with the referees is consistency. Like you have to have some consistency. Like NBA players, you come out one night and you're going to let us wrestle and like basically throw each other to the floor, and then the next night we can't touch each other. It's hard to get a feel for that. Like spend the whole first quarter trying to figure out how the refs can call the game. Um, Real quick on that. It should be throughout the series or through, through each night. Well, it's hard because you got different crews. Right. So I want to give that. Right. But philosophically, I think that the refs should be sat down before the playoffs start and they should figure out, look, how, what, what are we doing with the, with the playoffs this year? Like, and, you know, if it's a super physical series like Lance and, 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 and LeBron are in all the time and you want to ratchet up like your awareness in game three to make sure that no fights break out, fine. But I think there's way too much all over the place with the refs. And then, the Wizards, uh, Toronto series, I thought it would be a tough one, but if I'm being honest, I was hoping that Toronto would figure out how to kind of close by now. Um, and I think if, if, I think you're going to start to see some demons creep in for, for Toronto if this thing gets down the stretch. Yeah. And if it goes further, I would, I would sway and say the Wizards win. If Toronto pulls out game three, um, you know, I think Toronto could come in and, and I think Toronto, We'll win the series, but if this thing goes seven, don't be surprised if Washington wins it. You know what I learned? I, I don't. I don't know if I remember this in years past, but it seems like more than ever, we all and I said we. It's like in the media, it's like oh, like when when a team goes up two zero, it's like oh, they're they're gonna blow they're gonna blow them out. Yeah, no, they're not. Like you have to go back to their place. Sure. That's why there's a home court advantage. Like you have to see it play out. And now I think everyone again is like, oh my gosh, Toronto's gonna panic, or the Celtics, they're not gonna win. I think, like, just, just let it out. Let's just play it out. Play it like, out. Let's see what happens. Because I think there's so much, like, overreaction the minute after the game ends. We have to come up with some hot take. And it's like, no, it was a good game. Like, they, you know, they played at home. They played decent. Right. Like, these teams are supposed to be pretty good. They're playoff teams. Yep. And and see, the NBA, because of the series, like, I, you know, we're kind of conditioned as players to not get too high with the highs and too low with the lows because, you know, the complexion of a series changes so drastically from game to game, from one win and one loss perspective the the perception of who's got the pressure on them, even from a fan's perspective, like oh, you know, Indiana's got all the pressure, and no, Cleveland's got the pressure. Like it just swings so much from game to game that if you're kind of emotionally riding that roller coaster with the media, it could really, really be detrimental to what you're trying to do. So, especially if a team like Toronto, who's had those demons, you're talking correct. About. You you want to stay in the moment, just stay focused on the task at hand. You have Game Seven at home for a reason. Win game five if you're Toronto. Go out there, play with no pressure whatsoever in game six because, you know, you're playing with house money and then you know you have game seven at home. But if you start getting tight, 
you know, that that's that's all it takes for a team like Washington who's got two really good guards all right. um, to win. Yep, no doubt. All right, next up. What we learned. We learned that the Spurs still have some fight left. Specifically, Manu Ginobili, who was insane down the stretch. Like, my old man was making some buckets, some clutch ones towards the end. Yeah. This is one where I'm not buying into it, though. Yeah, don't buy it. Like, that series is over. It's a wrap. (laughs) Good for you. The Warriors looked like they kind of was like a regular season game. Yeah. They were kind of toying around. They cut back in the lead. I thought they were actually – like, it, they were down eight with three minutes left. I'm like, they're still going to come back. Yeah. They're still going to do it. And then they just kind of got – like, Manu made some big shots, and they're like, oh, crap, it's too late. Like, I think they're probably kicking themselves a little bit for messing around and not taking that game a little more seriously in the first half because now they have to play another one, and they couldn't just get the sweep. But I think it's a, I think it's a wrap after the next one. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's one of those when you play with fire, sometimes you get burned. Like, you, they could have won that game, but Manu – Pulls out some vintage mono from the, from like the from the from the film room, and you just can't get over the hump. You know, if you had been laser focused, I agree with you. That's a ten point win for the for the for Golden State. But they've shown like late this season that they yeah. have a tendency to get bored, and and so that was that was that. They will clear up. They will clean up the Spurs uh, in Game Five, no question. Is it crazy that he was in your draft class where you didn't get drafted, but ninety nine, right? And he yeah. was pick number fifty seven, and this dude's still playing. Unreal. Un, like I, I think about like I tried to dunk a ball the other day in practice and I barely I mean I dunked it but I barely <laughs> dunked it and to think that those dudes are still running out there playing at that level like I could not even fathom at 41 years old like trying to do that is super impressive um I mean obviously his game speaks for himself but the prep the way you have to keep your body in shape um you, balancing family and playing at that point when your kids are starting to get to an age where you really want to see them play and be around them, that's got to be really difficult. So it's uh, it's incredible. Here's what's happening with Hannah. A scary moment on the diamond yesterday as Cub star Chris Bryant was hit in the head with a 96-mile-per-hour fastball in the first inning. The team said Bryant passed all concussion-related tests but is still under evaluation. Chicago won 9-7. to seven. It's good to see he's going to be all right. 96-mile-an-hour to the head. They that's do insane. wear helmets, though, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Major League Baseball still trying to improve pace of play while an MLB record set on Sunday certainly didn't help the new standard. Giants first baseman Brandon Belt set a record with a 21-pitch at-bat against the Angels' Jamie Beria. Belt fouled off 16 two-pitch strikes before ultimately lining out. ridiculous. The at-bat lasted 12 minutes and 45 seconds. Get his ass and the pitcher out of there. It's it's ridiculous. Who the hell wants to sit there and watch 21-pitch at-bat? That's fantastic. Get them both out. That's a battle right there. Get them both out. It's like, get them both out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, have no fear. I have your NHL update. I know you guys have been waiting patiently for this one. Uh, Not today. Jake Gensel, the hero for Pittsburgh, scoring four straight goals to lead the Penguins from a two-goal deficit to advance to the second round with an eight an eight to five game six victory over the Flyers. Also, some heroics in the losing effort from Philly as Sean Couturier notched two goals while playing with the torn right MCL. He suffered in a collision with a teammate at practice last week. The the the, uh, (laughs) awesome. Hey, all I know is the Flyers. Are we? Are you? How you feel about the Flyers? You okay? I'm good. I'm good. You're I got good? you got you got one I got, on the bank. I got right, my Super Bowl championship no, on. I got the Sixers. We'll talk about We're later. Good to go. I need Philly to do less. How are the Phillies? Can't you guys appreciate playing on a torn MCL? Come on. 
You're competitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. For sure. I don't know what MCL But also, like. like, do less. But skating with a damn MCL has to be, like, that's got to be. Skating when you're yeah, perfectly healthy is awful. It's awful. It's, <laughs> it's awful. With all those pads on? No. Yeah. Meanwhile, staying on the ice, the Stanley Cup favorite Nashville Predators advance to the Western Conference semis with a 5 to nothing thrashing of the Avalanche to win the series 4-2. and two. Tonight, another pair of Game 6s as the Caps look to close out the Blue Jackets while the Bruins attempt to avoid a Game 7 with the Maple Leafs. All right, the Preds look good, but speaking of Nashville, so they always do the thing where they have some superstar or celebrity sing their mm-hmm. national anthem. So Carrie Underwood has done it before. Yeah. Why don't people lay off my girl Carrie Underwood? Cause <laughs> her face. She, yeah, but her face looks great. Like, yeah, she had fine. an accident. She was gone five months. Like, lay off of her. Whatever happened, I happened. Know. What? I mean, she's probably the one who volunteered not to stand there and sing publicly again. She already did that at the the AC, she did. the American Country She's Music done it Award. What yeah, happened? She, there. she fell and like had a bunch of ninety st- stitches supposedly. Ninety. Supposedly, right? Also, but she's getting accused of faking it so she could get plastic surgery. No, no, uh, no. She's not getting accused. I called it. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe it was a PR move. I don't know. I've seen it done before. Okay, guys. Jalen Hurts, not super impressive in Alabama spring game. Now another Tonga Valoa to worry about. Tia's younger brother, Taulia. Committed to the Crimson Tide on Saturday. The younger Tonga Valoa, a three-star class of 2019 quarterback recruit. Done deal. I mean, I think his parents moved to Tuscaloosa to live with Tua. They've got the family there, so it makes total sense. They've like, got a now ton of names. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they like, do. A ton of What vowels. a tongue twister <laughs> yeah. that whole family is. Yeah, uh, yeah Jalen, pick another school, bud. Yeah, Be exactly. proactive. Why good. wait around? Just bounce. You right. really think you should go to another school? Correct. If he wants to play. Like, if he's happy just playing for national championships behind as a backup. Doesn't it mean something to play for Alabama? Like, he already did. It... He already has. Damn right. Hell no. <laughs> Bounce. All right. So we have the NFL draft. Big day. It's the biggest day for a lot of these guys. It's one of my favorite moments of the year when you see these guys become millionaires, like, right before your eyes. It's yep. pretty cool to watch the joy when they go up there and, you know, give Roger Goodell the big bear hug. It's pretty cool. But let's do some NFL draft talk. Okay. A little bit early, but we're going to see what's at stake. All right. So what's at stake for these teams? First of all, what's at stake for the Cleveland Browns? I'll tell you what's at stake. Don't F it up. Yeah. Because this is a huge draft. They have the first pick and the fourth pick. They've got a ton of guys on the board that they could pick. They need a quarterback. Are they going to desperately go for that one? Are they going to get Saquon Barkley? Can they get Bradley Chubb? I think a lot is at stake for this, uh, for the Browns. And I don't necessarily think they have to go out and take a quarterback because Tyrod Taylor, I think, can take them to the playoffs and even win a Super Bowl if he plays the same way he did with Buffalo. I agree with you. You can't get it wrong. And so what would be at stake would be the general manager's job and then consequently probably the the head coach's job if they were to mess this up. Um, they're positioned like, well, first of all, you, you didn't win a game. So like you're going to have to have a big like turnaround this year, but they're positioned talent wise to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to fill a few needs, right? They have to plug in a few positions. And so it is interesting to me because they've addressed the immediate quarterback situation with someone who's serviceable, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's good. Got a, got a team to the playoffs last year. So if one of those guys is not unequivocally your guy and you have doubts, you could address some really good – I mean, you could get the they best could, player in the draft. They could probably get the best offensive player, Saquon and Barkley. And the best defensive player. And Bradley Chubb. Correct. If they wanted to. But I think they're going to get desperate. And well, They probably don't view Tyrod Taylor as the long-term answer, and they're looking for that. But don't force it just because well, you feel that way. It doesn't mean you have to take the guy. The pressure is there, though, because if you exactly. miss if you miss on one of those and they become like right. the next, I don't know, uh, Peyton or somebody like that, right. you're, you're sure. forever linked to that. Right. Yeah, so it's tough. they got to get it right. 
I have a hot take. So I was talking like to my brother like, who's ding, like, ding, ding, I know, right? <laughs> who's obsessed with all things Buffalo. Uh-huh. He thinks the Bills are going to trade up to number one from Cleveland for picks 12, 22, and 53 and a 2019 first or combo of some other picks and take Darnold at one. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade up to two. Uh, because they want to get in front of the Jets, but if they want Darnold and they feel like the Browns are going to take him, then they would have to trade up to one. Would that get it done? What was that? that was a slew of picks. It sounded like it's 12, crazy. 25, yeah. 53. 12, 22, 53, and a, and a 2019 first or combo of some other picks, and they would take Darnold at one. Giants trade pick two to Cleveland. I, th- this is crazy. He was texting me this, and he was I like, like I hey, think I've this seen is almost yeah, every the beautiful single, mind was working. I've seen almost every single mock draft that's out there. Yeah. Like, I went, I is like that, that one there? I'm surprised it hasn't been thought up yeah, yet. I know, I, because Buffalo is in dire need, and everybody is forgetting I, that. Right. No, I think Buffalo definitely <clears throat> trades up. I think I have them pegged. Like, I kind of think they'll go to two to get in front of the Jets, mm-hmm. and then they'll take whatever quarterback they can get at two. Because they want to screw over the Jets because the Jets have their guy that they have their eyes set on because they already traded up. So I, I think it's going to be – I think the draft night will have a ton of drama. Mm-hmm. We're going like to do it. a seven-round mock on Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday yeah I think so. We're going to go through the whole thing. <laughs> I'll, call, I'll call Mark, my brother. Right, <laughs> I'll get him ready. Yeah, he can draft for Buffalo. <laughs> yes. Perfect in the mock. All right. Uh, next up, what's at stake for the reputation of running back value in the NFL, depending on Saquon Barkley, where he's selected? I think the – I think that was a few years ago. It's probably three years ago when it was all the NFL. Or you don't need a running back. You can draft him in the third or fourth round or later. Just, you know, plug in any guy. I think that's changed somewhat. You saw Gurley get drafted. You saw Ezekiel Elliott get drafted. You saw Leonard Fournette get drafted. You saw Christian McCaffrey get drafted all in the first round. I think if you're a good player and you can produce in the NFL, you're going to get drafted high. I don't think Saquon Barkley lasts past six. I think worst case scenario, uh, worst case scenario, he gets drafted sixth. I, I agree with you, and I think that the, the stock of running backs is on the rise. I think there was yes. a, there was yeah right like it was trending for a while where you didn't need a running back; you could plug anybody in there, serviceable. Your quarterback and your receivers got it done, tight ends. But now I think you see guys, you know, really putting stock back in that guy who can tote the rock for you um, and stabilize offense, if you will, sustain drives. It doesn't always have to be three and out, you know, if something goes wrong. And so, you know, I don't think he lasts. I would say he goes before six, but I agree with you in that he's not going to last past six. Right. I think I think there's a good chance he goes number one. Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. everybody's trying to downplay it, saying Cleveland's getting a quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised no, if they take him. All right, what's at stake for the New York franchises? Because it's been a rough couple years. It's been a rough, maybe, well, since Sanchez took him to AFC uh, Championship games for the Jets. They've been in the tank for a while. Giants have had some success. But Giants pick at two, Jets at three. I'll tell you what's at stake. For the Giants, I don't feel like it's that big. And I think they're going to trade down. For the Jets, it's Todd Bowles' job. Their head coach, like I think he's in trouble. If they don't make the right choice, I don't know how much longer he survives. And the I, Giants, at least they have Sharmer, new coach. Like he's going to he, survive. He's going to get some time. I, I, but who do you think, I mean, who do you plug in there that saves Todd at, Bowles' job? At three? At three. Baker Mayfield, baby. Okay. Ooh. No, I love, I love Baker. I'm a, I'm a I love fan. him except for the hand. But can, you don't like the headband. I don't like him at we all. We played a whole team of kids this weekend, third graders. They all wore that damn headband. They Every did. single kid. And it's not legal. Thing. You're not allowed to wear that Ooh. in basketball. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Because it's got the tail and it can well, hit it, somebody in the eye. Yeah. And, so where who start like is there somebody that's wearing a headband Wait, besides like, Baker is, Mayfield because Manziel's like been wearing one. Piece of fabric you just tie around your head? No, yeah, it's like a, it's like that's a, why it has like a the, thing they, hanging. They're out. already it's just a longer headband. The basketball ones they sell them in all the gyms. They're pre knotted in the back. Oh, oh okay. So it's like this really stretchy material goes around your head, it's and like then it's yeah. got a kid. It's like karate kid band. It's got a knot, and then it's got like the two tails as if you tied it yourself in the back. Do I'm all know, for like wearing like a we, bandana. Like I feel like that's cool. It's kind of like a bandana. Like the bandana? Yeah. Baker's got kind of a bandana. No, Baker's Baker's. 
trash. Like, there's no way he's going to look good with any of that headgear on. You have to be is like it Baker. I want to know who brought in the headband. Is it Baker like Mayfield's seen, like, deal? Bieber wear that. You have to be good looking so, yeah. first to wear a headband. <laughs> like rule number one. What like age? be really good what looking and then wear a headband. The headband. It doesn't matter. Just be good looking. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Doesn't just matter. Be good look- like so you can be as old. George Clooney. I mean, George Clooney. You have to be able to pull it off. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Exactly. That's a perfect example. And I think he's pulled off the bandana actually already. He could honestly wear anything. (laughs) Maybe it was that started it. (laughs) All right. Next up, what's at stake for the Patriots? This one's interesting because that does seem the future of their quarterback knows what Brady. They are a hot mess right now. Like it is drama right now in New England of, of Gronk dancing in the club. Yes, and it was kind of like, weird. Like, he is like, so crazy. I'm sorry. He's, that looked like, I don't, it looked like he was on something. Him and his girlfriend <laughs> know, are back was together. It painful? It was a painful dancing video? Or it was, was like, it? like watching it, my head hurt. Like, he was like, yeah. just like thrashing his body. He was paying respects. Paying respects to what? Avicii. Yeah. Oh. It was. Oh, was he? Yeah. So. For real? The song was playing. Okay, well, that's was, different. Yeah. But like. I don't even know how to describe like that, what move he was doing. No, it, it was, was like, like a was... full body shake. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> head, everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you tried to describe it because they did much better than me. All right, let's do some overreaction and uh, proper reaction. So you got to tell me this, Raja. Is this right. an overreaction or proper reaction to David West's technical foul? This was actually pretty funny because he wasn't in the game. He's on the bike on, like, you know, keeping his legs warm in the tunnel. Yeah. And they called a tee on him. Yeah, I think that's a... Tony Brothers. Tony Brothers. Oh, wow. Tony Brothers special. Oh, man. Does so, he have rabbit ears or what? Is that like, basically yeah, what happened? Yeah, just keep it moving. Tony he got Brothers. up to go over to the bike, and as he was, like, right before he got to the bike, that's when they called the foul. All right, so he was still off the court. Wasn't officially right. on you the know, bike no. yet? Must I continue to tell you guys how I feel about <laughs> yes. referees? Like, re- yes. Like, I have no idea. Tell me. Just let it out. <laughs> people hit us up on Twitter. We're like, we, they they, we can't like, wait for Raja to talk about this. All refs are people who couldn't play anymore in one way or another. And so there's a level of hate and jealousy because they ain't out there on the court. So cut it out. Ref the game and cut it out. Is is that strong enough? Isn't that a lot of coaches too, though? What? Isn't that a lot of coaches? That's a too? lot of everyone who works in sports. <laughs> That's true. Nah, I feel like no. Nah, maybe that was harsh. I don't mean it. Like, I, no, look, no, we're just gonna cut it up though. We no. just said that. <laughs> we're putting it out there at NBA. No, right no. Now. But look, here, here's. I, I felt like this. I, it, if you. If you could play it, you would have been out there playing it and you're reffing it and that's cool. But don't have like don't let any of that resentment like get in the way of you doing your job. There are some of them that can do that job and and not harbor any kind of like there has to be the very nature of there has to be a flow of communication. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't work if you're dictating like right, we have to be able to talk this up because there are things going on in this game because I am a player. That, that are happening to me that no matter how many textbooks and videos you watch, you don't know what that is about. Mm-hmm. So having this line of communication is important. Now, if I disrespect you and you can't and you feel disrespected as a man and you need to tech me, I'm with that 100 percent. But if somebody's off on the side walking over to a stationary bike and you're doing your job, which is in an NBA game and you're focused on the task at hand, that should not affect you in the least. I think there's one more piece of animosity you're missing. I don't think it's just about not having played, not having the success. It's about the guys making $20 million a year and they're making whatever they're making. Those cats make a good living to run out there. But and they ain't stripes. making $20 million a year. But, they ain't, but I think that only they're adds not the to the animosity. I think that All adds right. to the animosity. Listen, so you're telling me on a movie set, like the guy, the guy that's – how much <laughs> does the guy that's running the camera make? He probably makes a pretty good damn living, right? right. Like he don't make what Tom Cruise makes. <laughs> right. He's not out there trying to F Tom Cruise at every turn. <laughs> 
Like, bro, play your position. You're not the talent. That's my favorite analogy that we've used on this that podcast. That is very yet. true. And they have favorites too, right? What, refs? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. If but you would have heard, how about this? When Steve, Steve Nash is coming on the podcast on the 27th, yeah. you ask him, right? We're going to mm-hmm. ask him some of the wildest stuff he said to a referee <laughs> and not got a tech. All and right. then ask me some of the least amount of, like, but was uh, he like a brown noser? Like, was he in there no, kissing their butt? No, Steve wasn't a, a, a brown noser. He was just, he was a two-time MVP. Right. And him, I heard him, Dirk, not just them. I mean, you talk about stars, say some wild stuff to refs. And I might question the call and not even curse. And just because I talk to you too long, bang, tech. You're like, bro, this is not this is not even right. It's messed the up. way it goes. It's the Raja rules. Play man. your position, right? It's the Raja rules. All right, next up. <laughs> Overreaction or proper reaction? The Rockets' lack of rhythm is a real concern. Oh, it's not concerned. Overreaction. Overreaction. I, I think so, too. Uh, Mike D'Antoni said, I'd say the past couple months we haven't played really well. Uh, that's why I was worried the whole time about resting guys, doing this, getting out of rhythm. People say it doesn't matter a whole lot. Uh, it does. Anyway, we are where we are. We'll be fine. We'll be okay. One of two things tonight, though. Either the Rockets have their rhythm and they look great or they get beat. Well, yeah. There's no, no, but, but I mean, there's no. Panic, but then does that become a, re, uh, a normal reaction? Like, is this kind of, and I, you know, not No, because I win, think, but... I think they'll find it. Right. I think they'll find it. But like tonight specifically, they're either going to look really, really good. It's not going to be a game where they don't look good and they gut it out. They're either going to look really, really good or they're going to lose. Uh, but I think they find that rhythm again. All right. Overreaction or proper reaction? Ricky Rubio will be able to put together a similar effort in game four as his triple double masterpiece in game three. Overreaction or proper reaction? It's a masterpiece overreaction, bro. Uh-huh. Um, look, Ricky Rubio is playing out of his mind, as are the Jazz. And I don't mean out of their mind, like above their head. I mean, just they're playing fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cool story. Um, I've said it before, like, uh, Coach Snyder out there is doing a great job. They've got some great young talent. Um, but if Russ says he's going to lock that shit down, yep. he's going to lock that shit he did. That was his exact quote at his uh, post-game presser. He said, he made some shots, too comfortable, but I am going to shut that ish down uh, next game, though. Guarantee that. He guaranteed it. He's. I mean, look, the guy, if, if an NBA player sets his mind out to average a triple-double and he does it, like, I'm pretty, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt when he tells me he's going to lock up Ricky Rubio. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But yeah. generally speaking, the whole Oklahoma City Thunder team needs to take that mental approach to what they're doing out there with the jazz they're just way too like lack like a days ago like all defensively and offensively they're kind of like lebron he's not a whole lot of help out there for paul george and and westbrook so i could see the jazz pulling the series off but i don't know that rubio triple doubles it i just think the jazz might have been the most underrated team of any that are in the playoffs right now like yeah. i don't think anybody looked at That's them and true. said ah they're gonna advance one round you know it's just yeah they, they were and they're good they've been playing they're great. really good and they play well all right next up overreaction or proper reaction anthony davis is a top three player in the nba boom um i think it's a proper reaction i mean i i think i mean Wait i could i could so, well, hold on a second if you think it's proper because who are we going with lebron KD and then him over James Harden well, over Steph Curry. No, what I was gonna say was like I could put a few more names in there, but I think I'm not in three. What? I'm not in the top three list. No, yeah, I could put Kevin Durant. I could put Steph. I mean, I still got Kawhi. Like they're Russell Westbrook. Their names. <laughs> but that's this like is six or this seven. is what happened on Friday nah, because dog. we said pick your top five public figures you want to date, and Raja said like nine. <laughs> exactly. No, I, but what I'm saying is right now the way he's playing. Like he could make a case for being number three. What I'm saying is those those names that I just said all are all lumped really closely right there at the number three right, spot. They make a case but for yes, it. but Anthony Davis right now, the way he's playing, what he did in the first round, um, the way he, you know, well, he had a lot of help from Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo and Miritich was playing awesome. But yes, I think like right now, if you asked me, I could easily put Anthony Davis number three in the NBA 
right now. So fair to say he's a top five lock in arguably lock. top three. Lock, yes. If I put it a top three guy that you would want the rest of the playoffs from this point moving forward on your roster. Yes, unequivocally. Like he is, he's a night, he's a matchup nightmare. He's a problem. All right. How about this one? How's this for overreaction or proper reaction? The Blazers should break up their backcourt. Overreaction. They got swept by a three seed. They're never competitive. Uh, Lillard McCollum, they're under contract through 2021. You say keep them together? Overreaction. Yeah. Overreaction. I, they're night, they're it great. It was atrocious. Like that was bad. Yeah. But you, you can't build. I mean, look, having two guards that are electrifying, everyone would love to have two guards that are electrifying like that. Now, I'd want one of them to be bigger in stature, I think, but fine. You just have to figure out how to build around that. Now, the problem is, like, you have to find the right pieces, and they and, and they don't have them. So you, you have to find wings that can go out and get buckets. They have Those are their two breadwinners offensively. You have to find you a wing or, or somebody like that. Who is the kid? They have uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Nurkic. Restricted free agent this offseason. You got to lock that up. He's a big. But then you got to go out and get a wing uh, like a Paul George or like a Kawhi or somebody like that who can get buckets in a playoff stretch because that's what they're lacking. Right now, like Drew Holiday just made Dam- Damian Lillard's life like a living hell for four games. It was miserable. Um so in, when that disappears and CJ McCollum's still cooking, you need another player with some size and some length that can go to work, and they don't have that right now. But I don't think you got to break them up. All right, last one. I do want to do this one. The Sixers should be favored to win the East. Overreaction or proper reaction? Okay. Slight overreaction. Yeah. Slight, though. Slight overreaction. All because right. I think that they are, like, a viable team coming out of the East. But um, more, doesn't that speak to the weakness of the East more than anything? Yeah, but that wasn't the convo. No, yeah, I think no, but I mean look, Toronto doesn't look great. Um Washington, I mean if you told me Toronto and Washington were gonna be in a in a in a two two lock right now, it wouldn't speak to the strength of either one of those teams. Cleveland looks very um very beatable. Boston's hobbled. Yeah, I think that the Sixers now here's the deal. The Sixers look great against against the Heat. I don't think they're gonna look great against a team like the Bucks. Like, because they're both young and long, and I think they offset each other a little bit. But but if you – yeah, I think you can make a case for that. But a slight overreaction. All right. So, Devo's going to have to help me a little bit with this next one. A little logistics here. Uh, so, Kevin Durant was doing an interview with ESPN, and he offered some advice for the Greek freak, for Giannis. He said, don't stay with the Bucks if you're not having fun. So, we kind of offered him a little bit of his advice out there. Fair or foul for him to do that? Foul. Don't even go there? Like, what the, what the – like, what the – had to do it, like bro. bro what are we doing? He's what the second best player in the league? You know, Giannis, he's, just, he's just dispensing wisdom just, to every player around the league. Did Giannis feel like has Giannis put out anything about him not being happy? And everything I've ever seen Giannis talk about Milwaukee is that they trust each other and they're having a good time. And like this, maybe he's got an undercurrent of information that we don't. That's what I don't have. But still, dog, do that. Privately, yeah. Call them. Right. If you're getting private that. information about that that we don't know about, then don't make it public. Um, yeah. I, Look, I know all these dudes are, are, they're all buddies now and all of that, but those are private conversations, correct, Hannah? Like, we don't no, need I to be. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. So the little sub headline from the story, uh, says Kevin Durant wants Giannis to focus on himself before the fans. You know what I want Kevin Durant to do? <laughs> focus on yourself. Yeah, focus on yourself. <laughs> that is fantastic. Cause I think if you want to be this kind of, hey, I'm going to mentor all these young guys. Mentor. I've been in the league longer than you. Do it privately. Mentor this, do bro. It <laughs> Did you ever seek advice from guys on other teams, whether it was Danny, someone that you knew playing with Florida State? Just no, see, I, like, you know, what I other cultures were 
like in other cities and other I teams. I probably should have more. Yeah, but you talk to players all the time. Right. Like, it, you know, off-season train. Like, a lot of guys trained in Florida, so you'd see them. And, you know, you'd kind of – some guys would complain about their situation. Like, hey, I can't believe we have to do this in the off-season. I can't believe you have to do that. So you kind of voice your stuff. And you might ask for – but I think now – it's more prevalent than it ever has been. Like, everybody's, like, I think before, like, 10, 15 years ago, players were a little more protective. Like, hey, I don't want to give out my secret. Like, why I'm able to play at my level or what I'm doing training-wise. Now, everybody's out there posting their their videos on the gram. And it's like they want to share it and they want to do it. So guys are more collaborative. Yeah, I mean, we I did the same as you. Like, you knew guys. You trained with guys. You talked about your situation versus their situation, you know. Guys talk about how hard it is to play for the Heat. Like you got you know what I mean? Like stuff, stuff like that. But I mean, this just, bro, ain't nobody ask you for that advice. Like just, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so extra now. Everything right. is extra. Right. All I can make from it is that he sees similarities between him and Giannis at that age. Great. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, but seriously. Like, yeah, no, it's stupid. It's, it's stupid. extra. You know what? Here's my deal, and this is the social media stuff. Like. I never assumed that everybody in the world, and I wasn't, granted, all right, let me preface this with, I was not Kevin Durant or LeBron or like Tom Brady, but never was I under the assumption that everybody on the planet wanted to know what I was thinking at all times. <laughs> it bothers me that people feel like everybody, oh Jesus, I got to put this out because everybody wants to know what I'm like, yeah. and no disrespect. Cause I know we got a lot of tweeters here. <laughs> But like real no, talk, like, I actually I, I agree with you because every single tweet I write, I end up deleting it. And I'm like, oh, nobody cares, so it doesn't matter. But I mean, that's but the I day and age like, we live in. That's why I'm like a old curmudgeon, I guess, because I'm like, <laughs> I actually side. Do you, Hannah? No, let me get in. I just told me to. I no, just no, told no. KD to play his position, so let me play mine. Like, do you? No, do you? no, I agree. I agree with it. People I say just too saw much. something uh, this morning that I think I just realized, and it might be mm-hmm. why I like him maybe a little bit better than some of the other quarterbacks. Sam Darnold does not have a Twitter account. Ooh. I was kind of surprised by that. Like in 2018, all these see, guys. I knew I himself. liked him. See, exactly. I defended like, I him against like you earlier. Did you try to year. tag him in something? Is that how you? No, I it? saw. <laughs> no, he's actually he's doing some stuff today in New York City. I do like. And him. so they were promoting, and I saw a bunch of Twitter accounts. What are they? What are they doing? What's he doing? There. Something like, like uh, he for has the draft. An oh, okay, all right, they're all right. doing it. He does have Instagram. I'm almost positive. Let me check it out. As long as he doesn't have any topless pictures, like showing off his abs, and I'm good. Bandana, bandana pics, ski masks, and bags. No, he is a pretty normal Instagram. But I think that's why everybody likes him. He's supposed to be a normal, chill, like yeah. surfer dude who just laid back and who doesn't think everybody has to hear what he has to say. Who's robbing NFL teams in the, in the, in the meantime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's do some topics. Topics. All right, so blowing a 17-point lead after arriving in matching suits in Game 3 wasn't enough for the Cavs. They picked a different color, but they did it again <laughs> on Sunday. With better results, Isaiah Thomas, he's still mad online asking where his suit is. He said he got fitted earlier in the season. Oh, did he really? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. But, I mean, he's, he lost so over good. $100 million. Where he might his baby gap? <laughs> Shots. Uh, apparently, Cleveland plans to match the rest of the playoffs, oh however gosh. long that may be. Do you know how excited I would be? You, Are you for real? To get what? How many free suits <laughs> is that I'm like, getting? And they're they're probably free, like, right? Yeah, and they're probably like five or seven grand. You're like damn they're, right. The designers, like you know, somebody famous. That would be all the incentive I need to keep like playing. Like yeah. we just let's keep getting Here's suits. Thing, I love though. suits. But do you like matching? Suits. Exactly. No, no. Listen, That's if they were free suits, I'd match you tomorrow. <laughs> you were if you're paying for me to get a free five thousand dollar suit, right. we'd come in here matching right. this afternoon. Yellow tie. And they all keep. I don't everything. give a what. 
No, they I like keep suits. everything. It's kind of. I, I would too. I would do it too. But the matching thing, can we leave it like dress up day for high school? Like it feels high schoolish to me. Yeah. Like, didn't we learn when the Texans went to play the Patriots and they wore their varsity jackets all? They had them all these custom varsity letter it jackets. It didn't go so well. They got whacked. Yeah. yeah, no, I guess you're right. But also, it, kind of it doesn't matter. Coming like yeah, hurricanes fatigues. Yeah, that, that, that didn't go over so well. Hey, yeah. Easy, bro, with the Penn State <laughs> reference. Come on. You're sliding them in on me. Um, yeah, I feel like the pro, yeah, the pros like, kind of want to express your own. But unity, team. But like, I, this get, is I all agree. LeBron, too. Yeah. Is there any doubt this is LeBron? It's cheesy. It's cheesy. It is. But look, I will. If you lose, you better not do it again. That's what I'm surprised that they did But they got to win. So what do you do now? Because it's 50. It's like you're, you're back. Rolling, right? They got a new I one coming out? game five, they're coming out. What, Where, color, what color game five? What do we have? We had what? Gray and gray black? And black? Yeah. Uh, Navy. They go loud? How they about like LeBron's like white draft night suit? No, I think that they one? go loud. I think they, I go, think they loud go loud, too. like an obnoxious, Home yeah. To win the series. So it's Tom Brown. I think it's like he's like mm-hmm. the designer that did it. Guaranteed they're over five. They might even be 10 grand a piece. But Bro, the designer so probably did it no, for free. No, that is cool, though. That is gangster. Did you see how short they were, though? Like they were the really like high like they were like above like your mid cap mid shin yeah Wait. they were like yeah I don't love like, that I like the short like I that. like the short look but hey, not that I just, short. did you hear that exactly. I heard that all right good. Sure you got me Mark down Mark down potty mouth um, Aaron Rodgers he might be a little frustrated with Wisconsin's football team that he plays for but he sure still loves the Milwaukee Bucks so much so that he's now a limited part owner in the Bucks ownership group Friday he was sitting courtside with. Girlfriend Danica Patrick and co-owner Wes Edens. This is awesome. I think more players should do this. I just wonder how. What does minority owner mean? Because the Dolphins did this when Stephen Ross bought the Dolphins. Public face, They're like Serena they, yeah, and everybody. I think, was I think like they bought in owner. for like twenty-five grand. Don't they? Like, yeah, seriously, it was right, not that right. much. Like, and yeah, exactly. He just wanted to have the celebrities going to the games. He thought that would make the franchise good. Yeah, we saw how that worked out. I, but I do feel like this one might be a little more substantial, it's a big hoop which slam. is great. Like if I'm a player and I'm getting contracts for twenty million a year, I would absolutely take a portion of whatever franchise get, just to like it's going to be longer term, you mm-hmm. know, viable, viable than your career. Can I tell you like a quick story about like yeah. fractional ownership? Yeah. Like Usher was a fractional owner of like the Cavs, mm-hmm. and so he came. He started coming around a lot that year. I was in Cleveland. Was he cool? Yeah, he was cool, like super cool. Um, but one day we were in the, we were sitting up in our, in our box watching the game and security comes over to me and they're like, Hey, we have a problem up in like the, the kids get to go up to the practice court upstairs and play ball. And I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? And they're like, Well, there was an incident between you and, and like your son and Usher's son. And I'm like, Oh, smack. Like we can't have no problems with like Usher people. So I run up and my son has beat up Usher's son upstairs. Shut up. And yeah. And I asked, like, I, I'm mortified because I'm like, Oh, they're going to fire me. I'm out of here. Like they, he owns the team, but he was like, to your point, like he was such a fractional owner in the team that it didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so my, apparently Usher's son wanted a ball, told, called my, told my son, like, F you, my son said F you back, and then he pushed my son, and and all of the babysitters that were up there was like, look, Ty tried to avoid it all he could, but then, you know, he just got How on top of Ty it. At this age? Ty would have been a kindergartner, yeah. <laughs> and oh it, my and it, down. Yeah, but Ty was try, Ty took judo for a while, oh. so Ty's move is like he's gonna get you on the ground, and before you know it, he's on top of you, and then he's just dropping, and he's grounding. If pound. I were to so, guess, so, I would say your Ty, kids are a little bit bigger than Usher's kids. Um, I. Yeah, I didn't really get to. It's it so much was happening. Yeah, uh, but it was funny because I was mortified. I thought I was going to be fired because Are of the ownership. All good but it was with Usher now? The Usher and I didn't really have a beef. I think it happened really, really fast, and and like the the. <laughs> 
I'm making so many bad jokes in my head with his songs. I was waiting for a song reference for you to drop. I was about to. Give give us one. Did you give him your confessions? (laughs) (laughs) Did you say I've got it bad? I I care more about that story. R&B stories. Uh, I care. I carry way more about that story than I do with like Danica Patrick and Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't care less about what they like invest their money in. Like who cares? (laughs) It's dumb. But Usher, I love that. Uh, switching gears big time here. You thought we were done with hockey talk on the show, not even close. Last week we discussed the NBA's top selling jerseys. Updated you guys on what your cost of eBay jerseys is right now. The NHL has now released their list. So as a team, as a podcast here, I want us to collectively guess the top five selling jerseys what? in the NHL. Vegas. Sidney Crosby. Oh. Alex well, I, I, I know. I'm sorry. Team or player? Player. Oh, you just Sydney buying Crosby. a blank jersey? I, yeah, I know. I was Sydney like, Crosby. <laughs> Sydney Crosby's number two. Alex Ovechkin, number six, not on the list. Damn it. Wayne Gretzky. No, seriously, like he might yeah. still be that. No, that's not a no. bad guess. No, I, 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 I was being serious on Gordie that. Gordy Howe. No, Brett Hull. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you team. Uh, what's Carrie Underwood's husband? Oh, he's retired though, isn't no. he? No, God, he wouldn't do it. How about the Knights goalie? Alex Longo. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a failed attempt. We got Austin Matthews. You know who he plays for? Oh, yeah. Yep. The Dave Matthews band. Yeah, he shuts him down. Yeah, he's, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> this went poorly. Wait, Mark. Hold on. Who did you read the goals from? <laughs> I just – oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Who did I read? No, I didn't have anyone from well, I do know what he stones people, though, right? Andre. He stones people. That's yeah. not him. Oh. Mark andre Fleury. Yeah. Oh, there he's we go. Pavel Murray. King Henrik. Henrik Lundqvist, oh, Connor yeah. McDavid, and Austin Matthews. So, okay, oh, that's I knew Connor McDavid. I know who he is. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dave Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, UCF oh, unveiled Boom! a banner. They gave away rings. They gave, they got rings. Congratulations! Is it, is it too much at this point, or has it been too much for the past couple months? Were the rings like they were nice? Were the rings up to Hannah's standard? Yeah, they're huge. Are they? Yeah, they like went all in. Good for them. No, I mean we we have discussed like remember the rings that were. Uh, you, you know standard. who's upset? I mean, come on. No one's upset about this except all the SEC <laughs> fanboys who are out there and can't take it. Bama fans who are upset because somebody else claimed a national title, which is something Bama has done several times it. over. Exactly. I Let them it. have their moments. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it matters. I they also, didn't have a chance to play anybody else. You like can easily just not pay attention to the story and your right. life and will just be let fine. it go. Exactly. Yeah. Or you could love it and obsess Devo over it. So it either way, Russia, was there anything else you want to talk about today? Yeah. Any other R and B? No, but I do have a kid on my team, right? <laughs> I have a kid on my team whose sister is a freshman at UCF. And I asked her. She came home. And I was like, oh, my God. So cool. Like, you guys didn't lose a game. Did you go to any games? And she told me no. Ooh, and I really, really for, for the life of me, I was like, I couldn't. If you were at UCF and you might have one chance in, like, your lifetime to ever see, like, an undefeated national championship contending yeah. team and you did not make it to, like, a single game, I was so just disappointed. What, what, I don't, what year is she? She's a freshman. Like, yeah, I no, feel like you My just... freshman year, I went to, like, every Syracuse Correct. football game, right. which is, like, an embarrassment. UCF's yeah. got a good little scene there, Dude, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, freshman year, you go to everything. Everything, just yeah, because, right? right? You're a freshman. You, like, go meet people I think there. that's right. a sign that football's in trouble. Like, for real. Really? Yeah. No, like, no, it's, it's, it's totally, I mean, or it, what, is she, like, in a sorority? It no. totally depends on the person. No, I don't think she's especially not, like a girl. Not not to be like judge or whatever. Yeah, I'm just saying a lot of girls like, don't hang go out and party. Don't you think? Yeah, but it, in Orlando, it's yeah. different because yeah. like when you go to, when I go to Syracuse, what what the hell what are you am gonna I do? Gonna right. Do? I have I have two options on the day. I'm gonna go to the bar. I'm gonna go to the game. So like I'm yeah. gonna go to the game. Yeah. Whereas I like Orlando, I mean Florida Florida schools are different. Yeah. No, they are for sure. 
Uh, I almost got into a fight yesterday at the golf tournament. <laughs> My daughter's playing. This is like story time. I love so these since, we're, since we're having like confessionals yeah, conf- out there. Yes, yes, let it out. So my daughter's playing at a golf tournament. I'm caddying for her. It's one of my favorite things to do. We have a blast when we're out there. That is I'm, really cool. I'm all about having fun. Yeah. Right? And there's some parents that are over the top. That would like, be me. Uh, no, yeah. I don't know if you would. I don't know if you might be. But there are like parents that are like yelling at their kids in yeah. golf. Like it's one oh, thing to yell in basketball. Yeah, like tough. golf is a very right. mental sport. So we're on the we're on the second tee. My daughter hits a drive, and there's a group up on the green. And, like, they play it pretty short. So my daughter drives the ball right next to the green. Doesn't come anywhere near him, but it's next to the green. Right. Some dad, like, gives me the look. Like, oh, what are you doing? Like, kind of puts up his arms. Like, what right. are you doing? Like, like, wait oh, for yeah, us. Like, it didn't even hit you. Correct. Next hole, there's two <laughs> yeah. kids on the green. Yep. And then what my daughter, like, I'm like, oh, they're on the green. We can tee off. Yes. So my daughter hits a little bit right. It's, like, off in the rough, and it kind of goes over there. And then all of a sudden, like, from behind these bushes, out pops this dad. And he's like, yo, can you stop doing that? We didn't see him, but it's kind of over by him. And his kid was kind of falling behind. Yeah. And flips us off. <gasps> oh. In so, front of you. In front of yeah, your. Yeah, in front yeah, of all the kids. Bro. They're like three little girls in our group. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, what do I do? So I just yelled, sorry. Like yeah. that. Like, just go. Yeah. Because first of all, your kid's up there. So then I go up to my daughter's ball, and he's still like, he's, he keeps mean mugging me, like right. looking back. Like, I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, we have, first of all, we have little kids here. Correct. girls. So he's going back there. Then I know, then I think I'd realize what really happened. So then he's up there, and I see his kids crying. Uh, so I think he lost it because it was a, his little kid was crying. Yeah, like, my so kids he are was not allowed to cry in the golf course. But I was going to have words with him after the round was over, but we had rain. So everybody, like, kind of dispersed and like you went in and then we left early like the, the we withdrew from the tournament which is probably better off that we did just the rain saved Wait, it. So it saved him from a, yeah. from a I don't know I wouldn't have done, I just wanted to be like what's your problem yeah, like, like, we're out why, here like to... we have kids out here and you're gonna flip me off on the golf course yeah. like it's relaxed I think that's so take, crazy oh it's nuts and the kids are seven and eight and nine like, oh it's dude young kids it's the kids. when they're little I mean when they're little it's even worse though <laughs> it gets better when they're older when they're right. little it's like I my, my son's football coach flipped me off uh two years ago like what, I, I yelling on the sidelines. Like I was I was day. telling oh, they couldn't the they, they couldn't get the snap sports. right. They couldn't get it right. Like right. the kid kept rolling the ball back, and I was like, "Yo, have them snap on the sideline when they're not on defense." Oh, right. And that How dude practice. He was bugging out, and he turned around in front of my mom, my wife, and everybody, oh. and just shot me like the big bird. I was Did like, you "Have words with him." Oh, after? I tried to get over. Like it, it, it turned into a a big scene. Is this like, the same one that told the kids. To like pee themselves. No, this is another <laughs> idiot from the same program. Yeah. I feel like these parents might just have beef with you guys. Um, like what if they're just like I, jealous parents? No, but like this guy had thing had no idea who was like he didn't oh. know anything. Like he's in a different like it's a boy. My he, my daughter wasn't even competing against him. I would have uh, been like if I was a little kid, I thought like curse words were so bad. Like I there's no way if somebody oh flipped gosh. me off, I would have been like, <gasps> Well see I that thought my that's life was why over. I was getting mad is because my daughter was affected by it. She's like, Did I do something wrong? I'm like, No. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, Are you sure? Why is he flipping us off? Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. like Should've that said, because he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying next time. All right, that's a wrap. We gotta have like special story time from youth sports uh, every episode. That was pretty fun. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. And as always, go follow, subscribe on iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts. You'll be able to find us off the bench with Danny Canell and Rajah Bell. 